Hello, it's your host Rika, and welcome to the Royal Curtains Podcast. This podcast is meant to create an environment where individuals can come together for deep, stimulating conversation about the human experience. It's a place where we can unpack what's beyond the surface of everyday life. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the topic of fatherhood. Now, of course, I'm a woman. I don't have any children, but I invited one of my friends to speak on what fatherhood means to him. He has three children. Uh, We're not going to go into his background or who he is because he did ask me to remain anonymous. But I definitely wanted to have this conversation, one, because it's important, and then two, because I wanted to bring my real life conversations to a platform where they're easily consumable. Uh, So with that being said, uh, we're just going to jump into it. Hello, I'm here with uh, one of my friends, um, and we're going to talk about fatherhood today. I'm going to ask him a few questions. Uh, I am not a parent currently, but um, I did want to touch on this topic because parenting and fatherhood is definitely a a major role um, that shapes people's lives. And to know that you're an individual who has children and that you are responsible for shaping these young adults into being productive humans, um, mature adults, um, is, is a big responsibility. So um, let's talk about fatherhood and uh, what is the most important value you've installed into your children? The most important value I installed into my children was keeping your word. Keeping your Always word. Keep, uh, keep your word. If you won't say whatever you say, you stick to it. You keep your word. Because being a person of your word establishes relationships and people trust you and they understand you. So if you keep your word, when you say something, it means something, people also listen to you. So you don't want to be that fickle person that, you know, uh, there you go, that liar, all that. But if you're going to be that person that people are going to respect, they're going to listen to, that they're going to trust, you be a person of your word. Okay. And what made you... I mean, like, so did you ever have experiences as far as, like, someone not keeping their word and just, or you, at a point in time, did you ever, like, not keep your word that made you feel like this is the most important thing that you wanted to instill into them? Yeah, growing up as a, you know, growing up as a child, uh, I didn't always have, didn't always have my dad around. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was times, you know, he would say, you know, I will come this time, such and such time. And he didn't show up. Okay. And so, right. And so, you know, as you got older, you know, it's like, yeah, right, you're not going to show up. Um, being around friends, friends like, yo, I got you. I, you know, you let me borrow this, I give it back to you. And then you started finding out, okay, you know, people you can't always trust what people say. And so you got to go by their actions. And so, you know, through my relationship that I had with my father and relationship with friends, the one major thing that I look for in people is, will you keep your word? Okay, that makes sense. No, yeah, okay, I understand. And w- what made you want to be a father in the first place? Like, what, what, when did you realize, like, okay, I, I want to be a father now, and I'm ready for this? <laughs> well, see, that's a, that's a cool question. Because growing up, you know, 18, 19, I wasn't thinking about being a father. But I end up becoming a father, mm-hmm. right? And so when I saw my daughter, I was there when she was born. 
And when I saw her, you know, that was, you know, a whole different light came upon me. I was like, yo, responsibility hit me. And then, you know, a lot of things went through my mind. It's like, okay, I'm not going to be like my dad was. You know, even though me and the mom might not be together, I'm going to be there for my daughter. And so that turned a switch on inside of me at that moment saying, okay, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. This is, this is my child. I'm going to take care of it no matter what. Okay. And uh, as the years went on, you know, I started experiencing the joys of, you know, raising a child. Okay. And then, uh, like, as far as your children are concerned, um, what ways have you seen yourself uh, show up in them as far as, like, you influencing your children's actions? It may be, you know, um, something that they do really good, right? Maybe they picked up a talent from you or something that they, you know, got a bad habit from you <laughs> or whatever oh, okay. it may be. Uh, something that I see in all three of my kids Um they're silly. They got, and I know they got it from me. They're silly. Um, all three are laid back. You know, they reserve until they get to know, until they get to know you. Um, they're mischievous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they all now, all three are hard workers, and I know they get that. You know, I know they see me because I'm constantly working and telling them, you know, you got to work. You know, you want to. If you want to get something, you got to work. Everybody's not going to give them to you. So, um, bad habits. Uh, Is it the mischievousness? Because I want to know about... No, <laughs> I want to know about how are you mischievous? Okay, okay. So, here's one example of me being mischievous. We can be in a store. We can be out in public, right? Mm-hmm. And we can all be together, and I can knock something off the shelf. And I can disappear and look back at them and blame it on them. Okay. <laughs> you know, why are you doing that? What you doing? Why are you doing that? Uh, mischievous, put the kids in the laundry basket, push them down the stairs, put a hole in the wall, something like that. There y'all go, messing up the house. You know, <laughs> Oh, my God. You done pushed the babies down the stairs. You know, stuff like that. So I'm not, yeah, I'm very a mischievous kid. Um, I'm a big kid at heart. I, I mean, I lied to you not. Just literally just last night, um, I went and used the bathroom. And I had, I was outside earlier. And so I had some brown stuff on my pants. Mm-hmm. And it actually looked like, and it looked like, you know, it looked like it was, it was poop. Right? Mm-hmm. And so when I came so when I came out the bathroom, I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Oh, y'all give me something, y'all give me something to clean this up. And they're like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm like, look. I said, look, I done shit on myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so they took off. They were gone. They, they didn't even help you. Gone. No, they were gone. I would tell they an embarrassing gone. story about my mother, but I won't. <laughs> Put her out so there. I would, yeah, so I, you know, I, I do, you know, silly stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, I ain't, you know, and when I get mischievous like that, like, I normally don't curse around my kids. Mm-hmm. And so when I say shit like that, that's what really got them. <laughs> that's, what, that's what really, like, what? <laughs> you know, it's like, ok
kind of, yeah. What I've noticed with my kids is once you cross them the wrong way, it, it that trigger goes off. So it can set off, it can set off a little, a little rage, a little temper in it. But as long as you don't cross them, you're fine. And I'm like that. Okay. And that's that's one thing I, you know, that may be a question, but that's one thing that I try to, you know, coach them in. Because I always tell them there are going to be people that are going to try you. There are going to be people that's going to try to push that button, and you got to be better than them because you have that quick trigger. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. And then, like, as far as, like, a principle that you you would have wished you would have stressed more in their upbringing, um, I know um, some of them are still a little bit younger, but um, was there ever a point in time with with one of your children that you wish you would have stressed one principle a little bit more um, in the beginning? That's a tough question. My oldest daughter, mm-hmm. you know, she, um, you know, that was always times where we were not physically able to see each other. Mm-hmm. But it was always, you know, it was always over the phone. And then every time I got to the point where I was able to get close to her, then they end up, you know, her and her mother end up moving. It was almost like, you know, her mother didn't want me to catch up with them. Right? Mm-hmm. And one principle that, I don't know, that's a good question, but... I know, like, as far as me, okay, so I don't have children, but I have a little brother and sister, and one thing that I wish I would have stressed more to them when I was younger, and I just wasn't mature enough at the time, right? So it's I only have 10 years between me and my little brother and sister, and um, I definitely probably would have stressed more um, as far as their, their, uh, like, uh, creativity, right? So we didn't really nurture their creativity as much. And, um, now I feel like my, they are creative in a way because my little brother, he draws and then my little sister, she, um, she's very into fashion, but I wanted to be able to make them actually own their creativity to the point where they can become entrepreneurs and actually, you know, make a living off of who they are as people. Um, we didn't, I didn't put enough stress on, you know, um, valuing their creativity in that way that, you know what I mean? They felt like they could do more than just have it as a hobby or something. Okay. Yeah. I got you. No, I got, I got principles for my two youngest ones. It's just the oldest one. I was just trying to figure out, you know, something that I used to tell her all the time and, you know, a principle yeah, like this, but this is one that you wish you, know you would have stressed more. So it's something that you didn't. Yeah, first of all, okay, if you do it right the first time, you won't have to do it again. Okay. All right. Yeah. You do it right <laughs> the first time, you don't have to do it again. I feel like I, I tried to tell that to my little brother and sister, but they ain't, they ain't get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like, especially when they're doing, especially when they're doing their homework. Right. I still throw it out. I still say it out there. Uh, no matter what they're doing, basketball practice, dance. Anything that they're doing in life, I'm tell, I always tell them, if you do it right the first time, right. you won't have to do it. Over, you won't have to keep doing it over and over and over again. So. All right, absolutely. And as far as you, as a father, 
what did you what do you feel like um what what does it look like to be a successful father? What does that look like to you? Uh, to be a successful father. Yes. When for when me, would yeah like for me, for me yeah for me successful being a successful father is when your kids are able to come to you and talk about anything. Okay. They're able to talk about anything if they. If they messed up, they're able to talk about it. If, you know, they need help paying a bill with my oldest, they're able to come and talk to me about it and tell me why. You know, don't just don't come and say, hey, I need such and such. You know, if you can just come out, you know, that's, to me, that's successful. My kids are able to come to me and communicate to me openly and freely. Okay. All right, that's cool. I think, like, for me, just going into, you know, I don't have children yet, but as far as, like, I'm thinking about these questions as you're answering them and seeing, you know, okay, well, what would I want to, you know, teach my children and so forth? Um, And if I had to say, like, what success would look like to me as a mother um, in the future, it would be to uh, raise my children in a way that they can put their creative spin on, on our legacy as a family. And um, be able to carry that torch before I'm dead, right? So I want to be able to witness that. Um, I don't want to, you know, you want to set them up for success for so when you're gone that they can, you know, thrive. But um, I want to be able to see it. You know what I mean? I want to be there to witness them um, being able to reach their, you know, full potential while I'm still here. Right. Uh, so that right. to me, I think, will, you know, for me, that's my. Um, I don't know, my dream, <laughs> my dream parenting moment, I guess. Uh, do you father all your children the same? So uh, do you ever find yourself tailoring your parenting style to different children? And has your parenting style for one child ever affect another child? I, I, am, I am different with them, but they all get the equal amount of love. Mm-hmm. How I show my how I show my love may be different. I can't show the same kind of love I show my daughter that I can show my son. You know, uh, let's see, what would be they all get the same my equal love, but how I spend time with them is different. Um, I'm trying to give you a perfect example, a good example. Um, okay, mm-hmm. my daughter started her cycle, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, this is a good example. My daughter has started her cycle, and so there are phases and times where she just wanted to sit there and chill, right? Because she, you know, she's going through the pains and everything else. So I'm more sensitive to her because of that. With my son, he doesn't have anything like that. So it's it's always, you know, it's straight to the point. It's on point. Um, I don't know why. It's, I think it's more in a male, a male nature. But I am on my son more about uh, being on time, mm-hmm. wherever you go. Uh, being more of a leader. I push that more in him. Then I, I notice I push that more in him than I do my daughters. Okay. Um, 
Let's see. What else? Well, I I um I have I taught my son to cook. I've I've taught him to cook more than the uh, ladies and my daughters. <laughs> Why? Um. Why did you teach him how to cook because, more than them? Well, because uh, really the men do the cooking at Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah, and so I think that's what that's what it is. And then there's recipes that we have the men have in the family that only the men have. Okay, that's dope. I like that. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, some people say, hey, no, why don't you show your daughter? But they forget, hey, if the, your son has a recipe that his wife doesn't have, then there's going to be times where he's going to be in the kitchen and able to keep that balance. Mm-hmm. So, and, and is it like the mother, do you expect the mother to type, you know, teach the, the, the daughters how to, to cook? I mean, all children need to know how to cook now but <laughs> right all, all yeah all children need to know how to cook um everybody's household is different everybody's situation is different mm-hmm. i've taught okay my oldest daughter was with her mom okay so she learned how to cook from her mom and her mm-hmm. mother's mother her grandmother on that side okay so she learned all of, she learned all of cooking from over there my kids have learned most of their cooking actually from me okay and that's the yeah, thing so too is like it's nothing like because my my father was the primary cook in our household too. Uh, um, like my mother would right. cook too, but he was more of like he just knew he could cook. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like he right. would brag and about so, it, and my mother didn't brag yeah. about it, but he was just like, oh, he could throw down. So I definitely get you yeah. know what I mean when it's I don't know when and men so, cook and I'm that like, way. You know, and it goes back. And it goes back, you know, when I said I was mischievous and a kid at heart. When I when I have them in the kitchen with me, I actually, I actually, you know, I actually make them do the steps. And I'm like, look, you messed this up. You eating it. And so, <laughs> and so if you got eggs, you got eggshells in here. You gonna crunch on us, you know? <laughs> right. We're not gonna mess it up and throw it away. And so, so I make it, I make it fun. But uh, that's some of the stuff. What else? What else? How do I parent different? Um, because they're at different stages in life, uh, and they do, and they, you know, they got different personalities. Mm-hmm. I just parent off of their personalities. So, okay. Like with my with uh, my daughters, when they get hot and upset, I'm able to talk to them. They'll they'll listen. My son. I got to let him cool off a little bit. And what are their ages? My oldest is 27. Mm-hmm. And then my son is 18. And my youngest is 13. Okay. All right, 27. 7, 18, and 7? 13. 13. 13. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I make yeah, this so much son- younger. Yeah, my son turns 18 on May 30th, so that's why I said 18. Okay. Yeah. All right, just give the people some context as far as, like, when you say, you, you know, you can't talk to your son. <laughs> he's 18. Well, now he's a man, so how, okay, so how are you, so, okay, now that he is becoming a man, right? So he's at this age where uh-huh. he's going to start to want his own independence, in things of that nature, I'm sure you probably, you know, have given them some lead way. But how are you, have you thought about or prepared yourself for, you know, 
the time when your son is kind of coming into his own dominance as a as a person and that relationship between you and him? Yeah, there's been times where we uh, bumped heads. Yeah, there's been times where we bumped heads because I can tell he's growing up and, you know, he's, he's made a comment, let me live my life. He's made that comment and I told him, I said, I'm the covering over your life right now, so I got to make sure you make the right decision so you keep your life. Okay. So, yeah, but I he has he has room to spread his wings. But if he's if he's trying to flap too high and move too fast, I clip a, I clip the wing a little bit because as you clip the wing, it makes him fly in a circle. So they end up circling back on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. You, start clip, you know, you just, you just clip a little bit. You don't stop them from flying. They just can't fly as far as fast. Okay. So they got to, you know, so they got to heal a little bit after they've been clipped. You know. Okay. But, yeah, he has, I've, I've given him room to grow, to know, so he can learn, you know, so he can learn from any mistakes. But I will, you know, I will monitor his activity and all that because I don't want him to make a mistake that will, you know, mess up his life at this point. Okay, and do you feel like, okay, so do you feel like any of the, the lessons that you taught your, your daughter or your son, um, they were different in respect to their gender? So are there certain things that you teach your son? Um, it could be, you know, how to interact with police that may be, you know, somewhat different yeah. than... Yes. which you would teach your daughter, yes. um, what lessons do you teach, you know, depending on their gender and how you approach them? Well, like you said, with reaction to the police, uh, I, I remind my son all the time about that. Um, there was, we actually had an incident between, it was between me and him, and we bumped heads, and he was going back and forth, and I kept asking him a question. I knew he was why. I already knew it was lying. I was trying to get him to, you know, get it out, you know, come on, tell me the truth. And every time I asked, he got louder, and he got louder, and he started bucking. And he got louder, and he bucked again and balled his fist, and so I pushed him up against the wall and grabbed him by his neck. You know, letting him know, hey, hold up now, young buck. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, yeah, you, know you, yeah, you don't want to go here. And then as I got him to calm down, I was like, look, I said, what if I was a police officer? What do you think would have happened, especially in this day and age? Mm -hmm. And he, he always said, he would say, I won't do that. I won't do that with a police officer. And so I say, so you're going to give a police officer more respect than you're going to give your father? I said, that's not going to happen out in the streets. Right. Yeah. I said, that's not, that's not going to happen because as much, you know. And so, you know, I, I'll remind him of that because, you know, you got to watch your, you know, watch your tone, watch your voice. Uh, how you carry yourself. Uh, I always tell him when he goes out, when he's out and about, to always, every now and then, watch over his shoulder, monitor his area, monitor his act, you know, where he's at. I always tell him that. Um, but my daughters, I always tell them, I tell them the same thing. I always know what's going on around you at all times. Um, always. Always find yourself an outlet. Uh, if you're ever in any, you know, uncomfortable situation, don't fuse the situation. At all costs, make the other person calm. Mm -hmm. until, you, until you're able to either find something to knock the hell out of them, get away, 
or you can, you know, or you can talk your way out of it. Okay. And so, with, and so, and what I, with my youngest daughter, what I do is I take a negative situation and use it as a teachable moment with her. I don't like the fact that her mother is always watching Lifetime. <laughs> okay. I hate it because, because I mean, I'm sitting and watching it and I'm like, come on, now all these women are not always getting beat down and, you know, mm-hmm. on the underside. Right? And so I don't like that. And so what I've done is because she drove my daughter into watching it, I will sit there and there's like situations that, you know, it could be in real life. And I'll be like, hey, sweetie, what would you do here? What would you do right here? Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, you know, she'd, be like, she'd sit there and she fusses out. And she's like, what'd you put your phone down for? Or why'd you do this? So I know she's learning now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what I do. So what I try to do is find stuff on Lifetime with my daughter and use it as, you know, teachable moments for real life situations. Uh, with my son, I'm just constantly just, whenever we're together, I'm just constantly talking to him. When we're out. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he's driving, I always tell him to scan, look where you're going. And, uh, you know, I always tell him, I'm like, look, you're rolling on 22s, you got rims, you can't trust everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, at your age. Um, I always tell my kids, you know, you got friends, you know, but can't always trust the actions of your friends. So, that okay. was a lot. And then, like, for me, like, as I'm uh, as I'm listening to you, as far as, like, with my little brother and sister, it's the closest thing that I have as far as, like, um, children are concerned. And um, I remember just, I do, I do treat them a little bit different. And as far as, like, the things that I talk to them about. So with my little brother, I do, I do stress responsibility on him a lot more. So we talk more so about, you know, what it means to be a man and um expectations and you know there's a lot more pressure on him um and it's it's not i don't know if i do it just because he's a he's a boy but i think that i do it just because of who he is right so it's it's probably his his um his his demeanor is he's not as goofy he's he's more of a serious type of person um he definitely okay. have his moments where he's you know silly but I can see that he is more of a, you know, more focused type of individual where my sister, she's more of a, a mystic type of individual where she kind of free spirited and things of that nature. So when I talk to my sister, we're talking about personal development as far as um, getting in tune with spirit and things of that nature with my brother. I talk to him about the same thing, but it has a different context where it's more so of you're getting in tune with your spirit. So that way you can be, uh, a responsible man. Whereas my sister, she's getting into with her spirit in order for her to be free and, you know, just be able to, to I guess, communicate in a, in a, in a better way. Right. Cause my sister, my little sister, she has more of, um, I don't know which one of them are a little bit more hot. I, I definitely think my little sister is a little bit more of a hothead than my brother is. According to them, my brother is really mean, but he, he doesn't act that way necessarily around us. Um, he he's very laid back. So I think like I do tailor it a little bit to towards them. And like for like gender specific stuff, I really don't I mean, as far as my sister and my little sister, she's a lot different from me. So 
we try to talk about boys and, you know, I try to talk to her about um, young men now because my little sister, she's 20. And my little brother, he's nine, uh, he's going on 19. And, um, but she's very lovey-dovey and um, I'm not the lovey-dovey type. And so I also talked to my little brother about girls, females as well, because he has, um, I don't know, I don't know if this is his girlfriend or not, but he definitely has a certain uh, female that is always around and um, right. just trying to educate him too, right? So it's the thing about my little brother and sister. Like when I talk to my little sister and we, you know, I tell tell her about boys and we're the same gender and everything like that. But um, my little sister, I feel like she's listening to me, but because we're two totally different individuals, it, it kind of, it doesn't stick as much, right? But when I talk to my little brother and I tell him about women, um, I feel like it sticks more in, I don't know if it's because like it's coming from a woman. So he's like, okay, you know, I, I need to pay attention more. Uh, but I tell tell him like, you know, the, the young girl, she's nice. I don't have any problem with her at all. Like I really don't, but I just want him to, I just want him to, you know, I, I talked to him last time he was here and I was just like, Hey, um, just, don't rush into anything, of course, and, you know, definitely don't get anybody pregnant um, because I think that, you know, what you have available to you now is what you can get right now, and no offense to her, they're both young, right? But once you're 28, um, this person might not be that person for you, so you probably should just kind of chill out, don't do too much right now. Uh, focus on becoming a man so when you're 25, 28, or 30 you can attract the right type of woman into your life, right? So she's I don't, I really don't have a problem with her but I just don't I don't know if one I, I'm not quite sure if he's going to be able to really nurture someone into being a better woman at his age um, he still needs to focus right, on himself right. so that's what I'm kind of getting to like focus on you Make sure that you're good, and then you know down the line you can focus more so on women and try to make sure that you can nurture women into a certain sense. You don't have to teach her how to be a woman, but you can at least uh, leave her better off than what you came. Right. So if you meet a woman, she should always be better off knowing you after your breakup or whatever happens than when she met you. At least that, the very yeah. least, yeah. even if it's just a, you know. Uh, a smash type of situation at least teach her one thing and then you can move on and you know you can at least say that okay all the women that I've been around or if I came in contact with I definitely taught them something or I gave them something in the sense of uh, a knowledge or you know spiritual connectedness or something that they are better women now than what they were before they met me but I just want him to focus more so on himself other than anything else um, and then when we get back to the, the point that you made about your son, when you said your son was Bucky. Now, of course, we all go through this where, you know, little siblings or, you know, your kids, they start to grow up and they start to develop minds of their own. And I didn't have, I think, I think I went through more of it with my little sister than I did with my little brother. Um, which is surprising to say that, you know, because society says that, you know, the boy will be a little bit worse than the girl sometimes. Um, but I think that my little brother 
And that's the thing is like, I think my little brother just didn't want to be that way because we were women, right? So a part of me feels like he just didn't feel like he could act crazy because we were women, so to speak. Um, and he, you know what I mean? Like, how you gonna roll up on me? <laughs> you gonna roll up on me? Like, cause my little brother, he's like six foot something. So he's definitely a lot bigger than us. And you know what I mean? It just, it. I think it would have felt a little bit not that he didn't have his little moments where he said something smart here and there. And I would have to tell him, like, hey, chill out. You know what I'm saying? We ain't we ain't doing that right now. Um, but it just wasn't it wasn't like active. So he wouldn't continue to do it after I told him to chill out. After I told him to chill out, he probably he would just, you know, stop or whatever. Um but yeah, like as far as like how I'm handling them. I've, I've kind of got to the point where I'm just letting them both kind of just be who they are, right? So they're 20 and 19. He's going on 19. He's 18 right now. But um, now I'm just sitting back in a seat and saying, hey, you know, if you want advice, I'm here to give it to you, but I'm not here to stop you from doing anything. So I really had to learn that with my, my little sister because my little brother, he doesn't make any decisions that I completely hate, right? So my little brother, he, you know, he's a, he's a good dude. Like, I really don't have anything that, you know, he's done that I was just like, oh my God, like this dude, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's taking me through it. But my little sister, she, <laughs> this child, woo, she, she had a car and she didn't get her license and she didn't have good tags on the car. And we told her don't drive the car. And she went out and drove the car anyway. And then the car is in my, my uncle's name and she got pulled over in it after we told her not to drive the fucking car. So I, I was so mad. Like I yelled at her and yelled at her and um, she ended up crying, but she was, you know, she was still kind of still putting her game face on. And um, you know what I mean? Like my, my little sister would do stuff like that. My little brother didn't do things like that. So with her, it was more so a lot of just, you know, how do you discipline them in those moments? And now we're talking about grown ass adults, right? Like they're, she was like 18 when she did this. So it's like, I can't let you mess up your uncle's name, right? That car's in your uncle's name. We told you not to drive it. You don't have a license. You don't have insurance. The, the car has bad tags and you still drove it, right? Why the fuck did you do that? Like, you know what I mean? And it, it's, it's like, how do you handle those disciplinary moments? with your daughter sometime, right? So you have, you know, your daughter is 13. She's going to be, you know, coming up here. And you also have your son. You said that you you had to yoke, yoke your son up one time for the one time. But I feel like I had to do that more so with my sister, where I had to yoke her up more and yell at her. Um, and how do you discipline kids when they're that big? Like, they're big as me or bigger than me. Like... And I know it's a little bit different for you because okay, you are a man. Was the trying to discipline them at that age is almost too late. You gotta get them. You gotta get them out of young. Like you know, when I was telling you, you gotta clip them wings. Mm-hmm. That's that's when as they're growing up, because they're gonna show signs of stuff comes out. Stuff comes out as they grow up, and if you don't catch it and grab onto it right then and there, 
And that little, that little seed is going to blossom into a big old oak tree. And those roots are going to be way deep down inside of them. And then you got to go through the whole process of trying to get what's rooted in them out of them. Because at that time, just cutting off limbs and cutting the trees off, they little problems. All we're going to do is be, it's going to be temporary. It's going to be something else that's going to come up. But um, at that age, um, I've noticed, you know, at that age, sometimes the outside, the outside adult helps. Somebody okay. they didn't grow up with that comes in with a different perspective but knows what's going on. I okay. noticed that's her, that helps a lot. Um, what I have noticed watching the interaction between the mothers and the daughters, mm-hmm. they seem to bump heads a lot more than a daughter does with her father. It's almost like the father has more of a authority type figure, and the daughter seems to subject to the male figure a lot easier. And that was the thing about my sister, though, because she doesn't, she's not necessarily mouthy. She just does what we tell her not to do. So we'll tell her, like, right. don't do <laughs> And she'll just go yeah, and do it. Yep. yep. Well, you know what the old boy used to say? She's smelling herself. <laughs> Maybe that is yeah, what it is. Yeah, the old folks would say, yeah, she, she's smelling herself. You know, she she's grown. She thinks she knows what she's doing. She's trying to take some steps out there she don't need to be doing. She's getting a little risky. And so she's uh she's out there. She's just out there trying to do some stuff she don't need to be doing. Um, now, there's a prayer. There's a prayer that I pray over my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, like, Lord, you know, there's a lot of areas that I didn't teach my children in real well. So I ask you that. Right when they're about to make a mistake, convict them. Convict their hearts. Convict their mind. If they're about to do something bad with the car, let the let the car stall. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, uh, you I mean, ask God to sabotage your kids. <laughs> yes. Even, you know, even if it gets to the point, you know, sexual activity, you know, he's about to do something. He's about to go up in something. He really don't need to be going up again. Don't let it get up. You know, just you gotta be real. You gotta be real with it. Don't let that thing move. So, or let you know, you know, let the phone ring, or you know, somebody not gonna, you know, something. There's always, because it says in the Bible that during all temptations, there's always a way out. So just pray that they always see the way out of something. Just pray that the way out, the correct way out, is like right there in their face, and that's the only way they can gonna go. Does that prayer always come through? No, because we make our own decisions. You know? I think um, I do see, and this is the crazy thing about it, though, is that even though I think that my sister definitely, as far as me, my little sister was definitely more stressful than my little brother. And that's another question I'm going to ask you uh, real quick. Um, but um, I definitely will say, and I will speak to the maturity of both my little brother and sister in the past couple years. So my sister and that's the thing is like i I don't want to speak too soon right (laughs) but she has grown in the past year or so and um i don't know if it's necessarily solidified right like i don't know if it's concrete growth i still think that it's you know a little shaky here and there um so i'm giving her that space 
but you know, I will say that she has matured some within the last year or two. And I also see my little brother, you know, he, he's making like great strides towards being more mature and owning his masculinity in a way where I feel like I'm very proud of both of them uh, for what they've accomplished in the past year or so. Um, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel more secure about, you know, where they're going. And um, I really don't, I really don't see either one of them uh, being in some type of hellish predicament that they created for themselves. Not saying that it can't happen, but you know, for me right now, when I look at them, I don't see either one of them, you know, going down any path that would be like horrible for their future, uh, which I'm just yeah. grateful for that much. Um, but let's get back to the, 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 as far as you said that the daughters pay more attention to the, the, the father's word um, than the mother. But what about your son? So do you feel like your son pays more attention to your word or does he pay more attention to his mother? All right, with sons, what I've, what I've noticed is the sons, they'll listen. They'll listen to their father. But when things get heated, you know, when things get heated or when the young man, you know, gets it in his mind, you know, he's starting to man up, right? Mm -hmm. So when he thinks he when he thinks he's arrived, he kind of starts tuning his father up. And there's a little bit of rage in him. And what I've seen with the, with the mother, the mother who's in tune with everything, mothers have, mother, a good mother, a good wife, they have the gift of calming the beast. They know when to calm the beast instead of, and plus they also know how to, you know, set them off get the guy off too. But that good that good woman knows how to calm the beast. And I see that a lot when the mother nourishes the son. Mm -hmm. She's able she's able to talk to him a little better when it's heated. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely because I feel like there's no I, I had to make that distinction too and I think that there's one thing that is very, very common amongst black women in particular as mothers is that we we tend to be like we're definitely not gonna let our kids walk all over us um for most part most of us don't um and you know there's there's a certain level of him my little brother establishing his dominance right so you have a dominance in the household black mothers that's just what it is uh ain't nobody questioning that but then it's when he comes of age and he starts to create his own dominance as far as um, maybe what you're hinting at is that women have more of a, a, an inclination to, to not try to hold on to that dominance factor, right? So when my little brother started to be more, you know, I guess, I don't know, more masculine and mature and, you know, dominant in his ways, um, I didn't, once I realized it, because it, you, it you have to come face to face with it first, right? Um, so your dominance is still going to be, as a woman, your, your dominance is still going to be there. But then he comes up and he's like, you know, hey, I'm here. Um, and it's not, it's not disrespectful. I don't see it in a disrespectful manner. Um, and that could be the difference because men might see it as more of a disrespectful. But I do know some women who see it as disrespectful too. But um, I just looked at him and was like, okay, 
cool, right? I'm not going to fight you for your, for your dominance, right? So, like, we're not going to play who's the man of the house. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You are not the man of the house. Of course, you're not paying the bills, so you're, you're not the man of the house, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be the man of the house either because I'm a woman. So um, there wasn't a need to kind of, like, edge his dominance out. You know what I mean? A little bit. Because if you're the man of the house and you're paying the bills and then you have a son and he's coming up and he feels like, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm somebody now. <laughs> I can see where you still feel like you have to edge that out for, for like, as far as masculine wise. Like, do you ever find yourself saying, okay, I'm going to just let him, you know, stick his chest out, poke his chest out today? <laughs> exactly. Because I mean, you know, he can, he can, you know, you know, as long as it's not disrespectful, you know, going through. But he will not ever feel like he dominates the house. No. Right. And that's the thing. It's like that is, it's not that he dominates the house. Go ahead. It's not that he dominates the house. It's a. I'm not going to, and that's the thing is I've seen it before, right, within men and their sons where um, it's not the son trying to dominate the house. He's just establishing his own, his own space, right, as far as, like, masculine-wise. Not that he's, oh, this is my room, this is my space. Not like that, but his own person, right, his own spirit. Oh, right? him as a person. Yeah, he's, person. he's establishing his yeah. own spirit as a man and saying, this is who I am, right? And he needs to do that in order for him to go out and actually be a man. Because if he doesn't do that, he's just going to curl up in a ball and play video games in the bedroom right. all day and not become a man. Right. So he needs to step outside right. that bedroom, come into the kitchen and have that conversation where y'all both looking at each other like, you know, who boy, right? So it has to happen in order for him to be ready to take that next step. Um, right. And I, I've seen it to where I've seen boys do that with their father and instead of it being one of those moments of acknowledgement, right? Um, it be it becomes one of those moments of who the hell do you think you are? You know what I mean? And then it's like, uh, uh, okay. yeah. So like, where do you draw that line between where the who the hell do he think he is and allowing him? Like you said, you gotta let his wings. You are gonna clip it a little bit, but you know he still has his wings. How do you establish that? Because that 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 conflict right then and there is that. That's what that is. Okay. Well, him growing, you know, him growing and developing personally. If it's something that's disrespectful to his sister, his mother, to me himself, you know, anything that's disrespectful, he's getting clipped. And when I say clip, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to cut them off. But that means there's going to be conversation or discipline or whatever that situation needs. Okay. So if it's disrespect, yeah, if it's disrespectful, we're going we're gonna, gonna to have some words. And what if he slips so, up, though? Like, what if, it's, what if it's not necessarily him trying to be disrespectful, but he is, he is going, ah, right? He's like, uh, right? And he's, he's, Practicing. He'll get a he'll, yeah, he'll get a one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he'll, yeah, I'll be like, I'll be like, whoa, whoa, you can't talk to your mama like that. 
you know, okay. something like that, where he, where he finds back at his mama, or where he comes off, you know, he might be a little animated about something or a situation. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, watch your tone, you know, watch your tone in your voice. But still, you know, but still talk about what you got to talk about. Just watch your tone. Do you ever find yourself, yeah. like, because this one thing, too, is like, how do you practice putting your son in those positions where he can freely exercise his 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 masculine nature, right? When he's becoming a man, um, and that feeling of you know I'm a man now. What are some some things that you think that okay, we could put him in these situations where he can exercise that freely, and then it won't have to be about oh he's disrespecting someone. He won't have to worry about that because that's the thing is like yeah you definitely. He definitely needs to be mindful of how he's moving in space around other individuals, but you also want to give him the free reign to kind of experiment and find his 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 groove, right? And find where he he where he feels comfortable, where he fits. That's too broad. You feel like it's too um, like? Do you ever? Do you ever have any situations where you put your son in? Because, you know, for me, okay, when I'm thinking about, like, young okay, boys coming up. Well, I got to, you know, you know, I'll try to coach them in making right decisions on his friends. Um, to make right decisions, you know, people, these kids may be doing this and that and doing this, and he start talking about, or, you know, maybe he want to try to do something like that. I always give the consequence. You know, I always tell them to think about the consequences of this action. And so, and then I'm, I may take my hand off of a situation just to see what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, whether he's supposed, you know, if he has to make a decision between friend or family, I'll let him choose. Okay. Yeah. yeah stuff like that. I'll let, I'll let him choose what he's, you know. Did you ever find yourself like when I when I'm when I'm referring to is like have you ever found yourself telling your son like go out there and fight you know what I mean so where he has to go outside and fight some little boy or something like that because the little boy's oh, kicking him. Oh, well, fight at school. I tell him all the time to fight for his grades. Yes. <laughs> Heck yeah. You know, I mean, there's been a situation where a teacher was giving him zeros and he was turning in his work. Mhm. And so. You know, we started, so we started some things at the house. You know, let's take a picture of it with our phone. Mm-hmm. So we got we got a picture of his homework completed, right? So does it make sense for him to complete his homework and not turn it in? Right. No, that don't make any sense. And so if you got your homework complete, you completing your homework and you're not turning it in, then we need to figure out what's going on mentally. There's a disconnect somewhere, right? Because mm-hmm. you're completing the work. And so if he, he saw he was completing the work and he was turning it in and a zero still shows up. And so I kept telling him, go back to your teacher. Go to your teacher. Keep going, keep going. I said, I can't always fight for you. So there was, you know, okay. as he got older, I, I stopped. I said, now you go. You've seen right. me. You've seen your dad fight for your grade. Now you go and fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Now, I, I, yes, I do that. Yeah, that's um, uh, situations where he needed to talk to an adult about something about a situation. I tell him how he should talk and what he, you know, how he should approach it, and go, yeah, go handle it. Go talk how to handle situations in school. You go talk about it. 
Yeah, I've done that. Yes. All right. And then how do you handle yourself in those moments where you're so mad, right? When you when your children make you upset and your son, you know, essentially pissed you off and you had to yoke him up a little bit. How do you handle your own anger sometimes? Because it can it can slip away from you too where you like, you know what? Yes, it can. Yeah. <laughs> I made I made a mistake. I, I made a mistake where it slipped and um but you know, it's like I caught myself. Mhm. And the, the immediately Immediately, I sit him down. I was like, "Look, I apologize, you know, I apologize for that. I was like, it should have never got that far." But I also remind him that he cannot, you know, be disrespectful or do what he did. But I, I will always, always apologize when I take it too far, because I don't want them to get to that point. Like, oh, you know, you know, they're seeing their daddy doing this stuff. I can do it, and uh, uh-uh. mm-hmm. so yeah, there's yeah, yeah. And like I try to. I don't know. I, I'm I'm really I try not to put my hands on my little brother and sister. Like I think the last time I really whooped them was when they was like eight or something. They were pretty young, um, and I was still young at that time too because I was like seventeen or something. Um, but I feel like you know uh, at eight years old you should be able to talk to them. They're old enough that you can sit down and they know how to rationalize. Had I been you know a little bit older back then, I definitely would have instilled in them better uh, values and morals when they were young, young, so at when they're eight, I can just talk to them and have that conversation instead of, you know, feeling like I have to whoop an eight-year-old. I feel like the eight-year-olds, I feel like they're too big to be getting whoopings. You can talk to them. Um, but at what age? Eight. When they were like eight years old. Uh, no, whoop, you know, whoop them. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I did yeah, whoop them, but I, I felt like I shouldn't, I should have or, and that's the thing is like I can't I can't say I should have right because I was like 16 at the time so of course you know I didn't I didn't know how to like raise kids at 12 right when they were like born right um, right 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 you shouldn't have been really honestly you shouldn't have been in that position though you know trying to you I, mean, I mean it wasn't like I was in that position I mean my they had a mother and a father right but we were we were always with they were always with us so you know what I mean if they're around us we ain't about to let them do nothing crazy because then we got to go back home. And my mom was like, why the hell did you let my baby do something crazy, right? Um, right. So, <laughs> so it's like, okay, I um, I tried not to, I, I, I feel like after they were like 10 years old, I didn't really hit them. Um, I came really close to hitting my sister one time. Um, I like pushed her face, like mugged her or whatever. Um, that okay. was like the, the last time I remember actually laying hands on them. <laughs> Other than that, I normally don't ever hit them or anything like that. So I'm pretty good at handling myself when I get uh, really upset. Um, And then, like, as far as, like, what is one mistake that you made as a parent that you, you know, you kind of, that's kind of burnt into your your memory to say, okay, I'm not going to ever do that again. I know for me, I'm just going to answer this question first, is when I was younger, like I said, um, I was like 15 at the time, but I used to make my little brother and sister read as punishment, and I wish I would have never done that because now that they're older, they feel like reading is a bad. You know what I mean? It's it's it was tied to something negative. Um, I wish I would have yeah. never yeah. did that. Yeah. Um. Something like I know with. Like, each of my kids are different. I know with my son, 
mine is the opposite. I wish I would have just opened up a book and just read with them instead of, te- you know, just read more to them. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wish I'd have read more to them. Um, uh, I wish I'd have saved more money for you. Okay. Yep. And... You know, because I've, you know, I've traveled, I had to travel the road for eight years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things I see today, I can see my son is, you know, he's lacking in some areas that I could have helped him in. Okay. Uh, with his, his confidence in himself. I mean, now that I've been back, it's starting to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just being there more, just being there for them. I was there for them, but you know, just being able to be there more physically. Physically, yeah, because you're on the road um, making money. Yep. Um, yeah. And that was the thing, too, is that um, I had to really try you know to... What? Go ahead. You know what? This may, this may turn a twist on it, but I think I should have uh, been more what's the word? I think I should have been more of an ass or insensitive towards towards my wife over how many years ago? Uh, Sixteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Because now I am I'm actually reaping the choice that I made. Those eight years of traveling was the reason why I had to travel. I had a chance to move. I had a chance to move out of town, mm-hmm. out of the whole state. I had a chance to move out of the whole state uh, for another job. Mm-hmm. So I had the stability. And I didn't take that move, and then I ended up getting laid laid off. Okay. Right? And so after I got laid off, I had to travel for work. Okay. So I think I should have, so I think I should have been more of a man and took more of a stand with that. And that way I wouldn't have been away from my kids, and I'd have been able to give them more and do more for them. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right. So you said that um, your you 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 if you would have took a stance and took that opportunity that was out of state, that you would have been able to be there more for your children. Um. How how does that work out though? You know. So if you move out of state. What are you saying that okay, you and your you and you know, his mother whole family. Was... You know, I would have uprooted the whole household. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whole family. Yeah, whole family coming with me. Yeah. And you think that, that would have yeah. okay, I'm sorry, this is getting off track a little bit, but do you think that would have like changed the dynamics of your relationship with the mother if you would have made that move with her and the kids? I don't know, but I, all I know is it didn't make things it didn't make things better. Stand things got worse. Oh, okay. With me, and, with me and the mother, things got worse. Okay, I got so you. So with, with the with the move or not, they still got worse. But with that move, I'd have been there. With the got kids. you. I understand now. Because yeah. at first I was like, um, okay, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> like if it's, if it's going to be bad, I might as well be in a secure spot. <laughs> if it's going to yeah. get bad, regardless. <laughs> I got you. 
All right. And um, how do you feel like being a father has changed you as a man? Keeps me um being a father keeps me more responsible, keeps me focused. I come to understand it's not about me. I gotta you know, I gotta leave a legacy. I got um I got some arrows in my hand and I gotta point them in the right way and pull them and let them go. Okay. And so I gotta clear the path and guide them the best of I best of my ability and when they get out there they may make mistakes but they'll have a foundation that they can stand on. So it keeps me focused, it uh, keeps me honest, it keeps me real. So. All right. And what is that, like a hidden joy? And, oh, and my, uh, my, my kids, my kids, they are, they're almost like, they're almost like my uh, drug. You know, like when I see them, if I'm drained out, if I see them or whatever, mm -hmm. I charge up. They keep me going. They, uh, they keep me living. Okay. They do. They keep me living. Yeah. Yeah, you really, and that's the thing is like, it, you may have not have planned to be a father in the beginning, like you said, that um, right. it just kind of happened to you, but um, you've definitely grown into it to where it's, it's you're, you're sustaining yourself with it, um, which is, which is dope in a sense that, you know, so some people, uh, I mean, you know, some, some people feel like they're forced. I remember, um, you know, hmm. I know a lot of women, and I will, we'll start with the women. I know this is about fatherhood, but um, I know a lot of mothers who feel like, you know, uh, maybe they ended up pregnant and they didn't, you know, necessarily plan for it. Um, and then they feel like, you know, they love their children. And they, they always tell them, like, you know, I love my kids. Um, but I've, I've heard countless women say that, you know, um, they, they felt like something was taken from them in a sense, too, though. Right? So they felt like... Yeah. You know, do you ever feel that way? Like you, you kind of lost something at the same time. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, but I, I'm just thankful for my grandmother, my mother, even my dad, because they they spoke truth into you. And so, like when I had my child, yeah, okay, I'm not going to be able to do a lot of things that a lot of my partners are doing. You know, because mm -hmm. I got a child, so that does take something from you. That does because you can't do everything that you wanted to do because you're focusing on raising a child, and it, it's, it's all about how you look at it. Are you actually losing something, or are you just gaining? Are you just gaining in a different area? A lot of people, because they're young. And they didn't get to do everything that they wanted to do, and now you got this baby. Then mm -hmm. you feel like you're gonna lose something. With women, with women, I know why. I know why they feel like that. Because mm -hmm. a lot of women are left with the baby, the bag, and the bills. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why. And, and you, and when you got all that, yes, you, your whole life has been changed. It's, it's crazy. You can't do anything. Your child is hanging on you. It's right there on you. You can't go out. You got to find a babysitter. You got to do this. In the meantime, the dad of the child, he's, he's, out, he's, out, he's out doing his thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see, I can, I can totally understand why women feel like they've lost something. Because, actually, they have. 
they really have when they got the baby, the bags, and the bills. Oh, yeah. Because everything that they work for, it all goes right back out in their pocket. Yeah, I, I feel like even though, you know, I grew up in a two-parent home, um, yeah, my father was not the type to be, like, he was at, he would cook and stuff, like, you know what I mean? But he was, he didn't let his children stop him from doing nothing either. So, yeah. If, yeah. <laughs> right. if he wanted to go out with the boys, he was just going out with the boys. He was going, he was going out with the boys, yeah. And it was nothing that anybody was going to do to stop it. So, uh. <laughs> but, they, but, they did, but that was a two—that was a two-parent, that was a two-parent situation. But my mother still felt that way, right? So my mother still felt she like, still, you know, she, she still, still felt like she, 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 she didn't have that as much freedom and things of that nature. Like I, my father never complained about not, not having freedom because he, you know, he would just leave. He didn't care. Like he, he going out with the boys. But my mother, she felt like she couldn't leave, like she couldn't go out or she couldn't do things. Um, is, it, is it she wouldn't let herself do it or your dad was stopping her from doing it? I think she. it was her. It was her because he, he yeah. really, okay. I, I'm not saying that there was never some some disagreements about where he should be at or where she should be at, right? There yeah. were definitely those yeah. disagreements they both had, right, um, with her going somewhere or with him being somewhere and she didn't want him over there um but you know my mother wasn't the type to like neither one of them was the type to actually allow the other person to tell them what to do necessarily right gotcha. so gotcha. Okay. even though he might have complained about something it was still my mother's decision whether or not she wanted to go or not um but i feel like it, it might have gotten her head a little bit more when he said yeah. something yeah. because Oh, I'm being a bad mom. You know what I mean, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. She would start to feel and that over, way. Yeah. Yeah. And like and, with him. Uh, also, what did ahead. she see when she grew up? You said what happened? What did she see when she was growing up? Well, she had a two-parent household, and um, I think it was kind of the same way. Honestly, I think that um, gotcha. my grandpa was there, but you know, he would leave whenever he wanted to. He wasn't, you know, letting the babies hold him down. <laughs> <laughs> but you know and my my grandma um both of my grandparents were deaf and that was a difference too too but hey my grandpa was deaf he had kids and he still wasn't gonna let no babies hold him down um he would just you know go out and you know i guess that's yeah what my mother saw was her mom staying at home you know um and i guess my mother felt like you know maybe she had to stay at home too um but yeah, I, I would say that it was her, even though you know they he might have influenced some of those decisions as well. But um, it was mainly her just making that decision. Uh, so yeah, okay. And but that's the thing is that we don't. Me personally, I haven't heard that aspect of men feeling like, you know, I can't do certain things because I have children now because my father wasn't that type of guy. You know what I mean? He would still go chill with his homies and this and that third, and it wasn't, you know what I mean? It didn't, none of the stuff that we did affected his lifestyle, it seemed, right? So it, it, it not that I, I can't say that it didn't affect his lifestyle at all, because it probably did, right? There was probably some times where he was out and about with us, and, um, you know, he couldn't go to write it to this 
his homeboy's house because he had us with us with him, so he had to go home. You know what I mean? There, it could have affected him in certain ways that I just wasn't aware of. Um, but of course, you know, once again, it could just be the difference between my mother just feeling like, um, I don't know, maybe my mother complaining about it more than my father did. Um, I don't know which one. I definitely feel like he, he didn't, he didn't, he definitely didn't sacrifice as much as my mother did. To be honest, I think, to be honest, I think, uh, society has played a part in that. Because, you know, back in the day, it was the mama taking care of the kids while the daddy was out and about. So, um... Yeah, I just never heard men say that they... There's been plenty of times where I've grabbed my kids Mm -hmm. and told their mama, bye, see you later. Mm -hmm. Go, go, bye, see you later. And you know what she would do? She wouldn't go nowhere. <laughs> right? So a lot of that is mentally done and it's by society as well. So it's you know, and I'm doing my part. I'm doing a, a above and beyond trying to give her, you know, that release and so you can breathe and, you know, be you and you just still sitting there on a bump on the lawn. You know, what's going on? That's so, true. That's true. That that happened in my household as well. I'm not going to lie. I, I will say this, okay? And that's the weird thing about when you when you start to talk about two-parent households. My father would definitely take us places. It wasn't like we weren't with him. You know right. what I mean? Like we would he would take us right. bike riding. He would, you know, walk to the store with me and we would always, you know, we would go places with him. We were with our mother more so than our father just because I don't know. It could be just the fact that we females too, and you don't want your daughters to be around a, a bunch of men. You know what I mean? Wherever he's going. Okay. Um, so we definitely were with our mother more, but it wasn't like our father didn't take us nowhere or that. You know what I mean? Like he he wasn't right. active or anything like that. Like yeah, he wanted to go to the pet store. We were allowed to go to the pet store with him. Um, whatever we wanted, to, whatever he was doing, if we asked to go with him, you know, he would probably say yeah. Or he would just tell us like, "Hey, you know, y'all wanna, y'all wanna go to the park? Cause I'm taking a dog to the park." Or you know, and we would all go. Um, and my mother would be at home just doing nothing. <laughs> doing nothing. Yep. So I mean, but she would complain. <laughs> and she would complain, but she had all that. Yeah, it's a it's a society. It's that. It's almost like there's a. I don't know. It's like there needs to be like a stronghold broken for everybody. Because, like, I'm on, I'm on this kick now. I'm not going to share it. Okay. There's something, that, there's something that's on my heart that I think everybody needs to start start going through. But, yeah, all of it. Because, you know, a lot of history, everything that was done, just because it was worked for some people doesn't mean it was right, mm-hmm. you know? So a lot of stuff that's happened in the past, just, you know, just because it passed down from generation to generation, and it got people through hard times and all that just doesn't mean it was right. So. Okay. All right. And then what was a surprising lesson that you learned uh, from your children that your children have taught you? Uh, something that what, they, say what? what is a lesson that your, your children have taught you um, that you didn't, you know what I mean? That you didn't even realize or, you know, you just like, wow, like I've actually learned something from my children opposed to me teaching them something. What have I learned from my kids? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, why you think I'll answer um, as far as like my little brother and sister, what I've learned from them, especially from my little brother more so, um, is one that I'm not always right, right? Because like my little brother told me that he was like, you know, I feel like you feel like you always right. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's cool. And um I didn't I didn't feel that way, right? So I didn't feel like I was always right. But he felt like, you know, I thought I was always right sometimes. And to be a little bit more mindful of how I'm coming across, right? So I might not think that I'm always right, but the way that I express my opinion on something might feel like it's suffocating them. You know what I mean? To where yeah. they feel like they yeah. can't say yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he, and that was the thing is like when he told me, when he said that, oh, you think you always right. He said it in a very, like, I don't know if I should say this. Hopefully you don't get upset. <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway kind of way. And I was just like, oh, okay, you know. And I was just like, uh, um, the the, I think that the thing that I'm learned the most about my little brother and sister is how much patience I can have with them, in a sense, too, because they they make me look at myself a little bit different, right? Because when when someone else says something negative about you, you was like, you don't know me. Get the hell out of here. You know what I mean? But when my little brother and sister says something that they feel like, okay, this is a negative thing about you, I take heed a little bit more. Like, I listen to it more because um, I feel like they they definitely know me. They know me the most um, out of everybody that I, I can think of. My little brother and sisters know me the most. And I respect the fact that they've, they've looked at the the good qualities of me and I know that they're 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 prone to see the greatness in me um so when they do bring up something that's a little bit you know something that's that's not a good quality of mine I really listen to it and um I have a way more patience for my little brother and sister saying something negative about me than I have for for other people and that's it's kind of weird because I think that a lot of parents are kind of like the reverse they have less patience for their children saying something negative about them as a parent than they do uh, for somebody you know else. They don't care about the other people. But for me, I really tolerate my little brother and sister saying, if they come to me and they just tell me like, hey, you know, I didn't, this really wasn't feeling the way you were communicating with me, <laughs> you know, earlier today or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I tend to really like, I'll just listen to them because I don't know. I, I maybe it's a soft spot, you know what I mean, within me that makes me. They expose a certain soft spot in me that I didn't necessarily knew I had before. Because if anybody else would have said something, I would have been like, whatever. I don't, you know, I don't care. But when it when it comes to them, I do care. I do care how I'm affecting them negatively. Um, and not that I don't care at all with other people, but it's just a little bit different because I want to maintain um that that greatness that they see in you right so it's it's a certain level of it's a certain level of you know you not you not getting full of yourself because you know that my, I know my little brother and sister loves me and they think the world of me um and me not running over that and just being like okay well 
you know, like I want to maintain their respect also, not just, not just their love, but I want to maintain their respect too. Um, so that way it doesn't impede their, their, their willingness or their ability to love me openly. Right. Because sometimes you get into those, those moments where you have family members where you love them, but you, you can't even express it the way that you would genuinely want to express it just because of maybe you lost some respect for them about how they handle certain situations over time that um, causes you not to feel comfortable expressing your love that way. Gotcha. Yeah, one of my kids is That's a good question, because one thing, I just, to always keep an open mind. Mm-hmm. They may have not, not said it directly, but indirectly, you know, always keep an open mind. So. Okay. And I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely get vibes from that, too, with my little brother and sister. Um, they... Yeah, like you said, they didn't tell me that directly, but you know what I mean? I have to be open to the criticism. I have to be open to them developing themselves as men and women. I have to be open to, you know, all those things. Um, And thinking that I couldn't be open. Like when I first, listen, (laughs) the thought of my little brother and sister having sex, I was like, no, absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. And then, you know, you get to that point where, like, you, they having sex. <laughs> like, they out here doing it. Um, and me just kind of, like, I gotta, I gotta be, like, what am I gonna do? Like, I can't do anything about it, but before they started having sex, I felt like I had to stop it at all costs, and they couldn't, you know what I mean? But then it was just like, once it, once it happens, you just kind of like, well... Well, that's that. That's it. You got to teach them, you know, not to make mistakes, to wrap it up, to, you know, this, that, and the third. Uh, but I couldn't even imagine. I, I hated the thoughts of them having sex. Like, I didn't want to think about it at all. I wasn't yeah. good at that. Yeah, so, okay. Have it not open. Uh, was there anything that you wanted to add to the the conversation as far as, like, you know, final words on parenting and fatherhood, um, what you would want to tell other fathers out there or other, you know, parents in general about what you've been through as a father and what you've learned or one big takeaway? Um, You know what? father is one thing that as fathers we got to keep in mind that we can't quit mm-hmm. and whatever we do no matter how bad it gets no matter how frustrated we get no matter like we feel like the world is coming against us or problems with the kids moms whatever we can never quit 
And because the future, the present now, the future is watching us. They're watching us. They're waiting. They're learning from us. They're dependent on us. And as the fathers, we got to stand tall. We got to stand firm. And we got to defend them and teach them. And we got to love them and discipline them so we can continue to pave the way. We got to be that example. We got to be that light for them to have hope, for them to be a positive aspect to, you know, to society. Because, you know, they're not seeing a lot of positive role models. And so we as fathers have got to be that positive role model. So, you know, we, the president, and we got to stand firm because the future, the future is they, they're calling, they're crying, they're yelling. Mm-hmm. They, they need values, they need principles, and they need a legacy. So as us as fathers, what are we leaving the future? What are we leaving our future self? Because we got to understand our kids, our children, they are our future self. And when you look in the mirror, do you like what you see? Because do you see your children? You know, do you see your children in yourself? Do you see yourself in your children? So what are we leaving our children? What are we going to do so that our kids can, you know, when they get out of high school, when they go on to college or whatever they do, what are we going to leave them? Whether it's wisdom, whether it's finance, whether it's, you know, it's knowledge or, you know, material things. What are we going to leave them that will help them Absolutely. Absolutely. I always I always tell myself that I want to lead the type of life that if my daughter followed in my footsteps, that it would never harm her. Right. So I want to be the type of woman that if my daughter looked up to me and she wanted to be just like me, that I wouldn't have to talk her out of it because I didn't make good choices. That I'm going to make good choices for her so that if she follows in my footsteps, that she will be in good hands. Right, just following what I've done. Um, of course, you always want your children to go above and beyond you, but I always want to set. I want to be that type of mother who set that example. I don't want to have to tell my daughter, you know, don't be like me, don't do like me. Um, you know, if it happens, it happens. I'm sure I probably will have some some type of conversation like that. But um, I want to be for the most part it to be a healthy pathway for her. Uh, so, well, thank you. I appreciate your time. Um, speaking on fatherhood and um, until next time I guess <laughs> yeah, right. until next time <laughs> thanks bye bye Shout out to Mr. Anonymous for doing this episode with me. I definitely appreciate him making himself available. Um, And I also wanted to take this time out to acknowledge everyone else who's been listening and providing feedback. Thank you so much. Um, I I definitely am uh, taking heed and I'm going to continue to bring you great conversations in the future. Thanks.